if we can enable more farms to grow using the way we reclaim nutrients from food waste, removing the need or directly replacing chemical fertilizers, thereby we're increasing the supply of organically grown produce or less chemically laden produce. And that increased supply will increase the availability of this types of produce in number of underserved communities. However, admittedly, we're never going to be impacting their behavior or their ability to purchase but increase awareness and how we work with nonprofits as a sidebar that that's ultimately part of our mission as well. Welcome to the iFund Women Show, where we are talking to one entrepreneur about one huge problem in her business, and we are going to help her solve it. I'm your host, Karen Kahn. My team and I founded iFund Women to help female entrepreneurs get access to the capital, the expert coaching, and the lucrative connections all designed to grow our ideas into profitable, sustainable businesses. Let's do this. Hey, everybody. What's up? Welcome back to the iPhone Women Show. I'm Karen. I'm here with Tania Pina, who is the founder of Renewable. She's going to tell us all about it. And this is going to be a very, very interesting show for everyone. I'm going to say everyone. But I think it's going to be super interesting, especially for people who are marketing a product that's super duper sciencey and are selling potentially to people who get it but also need to build consumer love with people that don't get it. Tania, how did I do sort of like macroing that right at the top? I think you kept it simple and I think it's relatable enough. So you did fine. Relatable enough. Okay, good. Well, listen, you tell us why you're here. So tell us first about you, about the business, like give us your your spiel. Tell us that, you know, all the problems you're solving. I know because I know you were an iPhone Women Entrepreneur of the Year semifinalist and I saw you on stage and your business is brilliant as a normal person who was sitting in the judge's table and I understood what it was, but I don't think I really, really, really understand like the massive implications because I'm not in this world. So tell everybody what you do, what Renewable does and what problem you want us to solve with you on the iPhone Women Show today. Thank you, Karen. And I'm gonna hit home on a number of different angles to bring the forth the urgency as to why we're so relevant. So in its simplest sense, Renewable takes basically food waste at the food production and distribution level. And we take that residual that would normally go to a farm or composting facility, but in most cases because it's inefficient and we can provide reliable ability for food waste generators to basically give their food waste to us and we turn it into nutrients so that indoor growers, whether it's in a vertical farm, a greenhouse, or a controlled setting, can grow food using organic inputs. And the reason why that's so challenging... Can I interrupt you? Organic inputs. Okay, remember, talk like a human. Organic. A, <laughs> no, completely. That's a good point. When you think of your kitchen scraps, right? Normally think, okay, if I had a composting bin directly in my backyard, if you're fortunate to have a, a single family house or in, in an apartment in a composting bin underneath your, your kitchen sink, you would have the ability to turn your kitchen scraps into compost or a liquid fertilizer to put back into your plants. Got it. So liquid fertilizer. That's correct. 
liquid fertilizer. Thank you. The reason why it's so different though to liquid fertilizer is because you could normally take fish fertilizer or chicken manure and easily put that in a field for farming or soil because you have bacteria in the soil to break it down and to turn it into plant food. However, in an indoor greenhouse or farm, they use hydroponic systems, which is just water and nutrients or fertilizers and to grow food. When you want to normally use organic fertilizers or compost tea, for example, it would completely jeopardize their system. And all that means is it can wreak havoc, causing a lot of challenges to grow food in a very sterile food safety way method. And so we make food waste a compatible plant food for indoor growers. Well said. Oh my goodness. You are, where did you study? Like, how did you get into this? Are you, you know, like, do you have 8,000 degrees? No, no, no. Seriously. I mean, really? No, no. So, you know, I think a lot, I hope that through this messaging, people understand you don't always have to have the same technical degree or discipline to go after something you're passionate about, right? It's like that that intellectual curiosity is often sometimes the fuel you'll need to go after a problem that'll be enough to, to keep you passionate to commit. So that was really where I got my grit from. I have a, a degree in IT from undergrad, and I was fortunate enough to be around people to help me become more technically proficient. I'm still not a plant pathologist, a plant scientist, or a horticulturalist by trade from a technical standpoint or a training standpoint. I've really kind of self-taught myself being in the industry for at least 10 years and been fortunate to be around people that know this better than I do. Okay. So what lit your fire around this? How did you get started in this? When did you start seeing that there was such a problem and you were just so passionate to solve it? I can see, I mean, our list just for our listeners. So I can see Tania, obviously you guys can't, and she is lit up. So (laughs) I want to know what lit that fire. I really do. And it to win it, Karen. I mean, you, you can't go this far and like not fully give all your energy, right? That life force. Absolutely. And so in 2012, you know, my main founding story that I always tell is that I worked in finance, worked in finance for roughly seven years. And on the side, I was volunteering through New York Cares. So I'm not sure if you're familiar. They have a ton of, of different- course ton of different programs. The one that I focused yep. on was prep SAT teaching and, and leading that program. We did it at a school called Thurgood Marshall in Harlem. Sure. And having our classes every Saturday for six months from 8 a.m. until 3 p.m., I noticed the immediate drop-off in attention after lunch. And that was tied to the types of food that these kids were bringing and, and had access to. And me as a vegetarian, there may be one or two times I eat meat during the year, but I rarely get sick. And so looking at that immediate observation that I took personally is that there's no, I can spend a whole day with these kids, which I was doing, but ultimately if they're not consuming the right things, the the nutrition has a strong correlation to attention levels and how productive you're going to be. You know, there's always going to be a deficiency that I'm not going to be able to make an impact on. That hit me quite, quite directly. However, you know, what we felt, our point of view is that if we can enable more farms, whether it's field grown, but our main focus, our beachhead market is the indoor growers, because I we had a vision that 
things are going to become more challenging. And we see that now today, whether erratic um, patterns leading to disease and, and pest challenges, you know, we need to enable more of these farms to grow organically or with less, ideally zero chemical inputs or chemical fertilizers. The way to achieve that is to use nutrients reclaimed from food waste streams. And if we can do that in a city as large as New York, we can replicate that vision and that mission across other cities around the world. But that insight of you teaching SAT prep to the kids, and you were a vegetarian, you never got sick, you know, kids eat like garbage. I know my 18-year-old eats like a garbage pail kid, literally. And they serve it in the schools. And he goes to a fancy private school, and they, they serve crap in the schools anyway. So... I think it's just pervasive in any of these schools with the food service. But so that insight led you to fertilizer. There had to have been something in between there. Did you start to research, like, how can I solve this problem of people in urban areas having access to organic foods? Like, what was, again, that real, like, spark that you're like, I have to fix this? Their statement right there actually captures that. So if we can enable more farms to grow using the way we've reclaimed nutrients from food waste, removing the need or directly replacing chemical fertilizers, thereby we're increasing the supply of organically grown produce or less chemically laden produce. And that increased supply will increase the availability of this types of produce in number of underserved communities. However, admittedly, we're never going to be impacting their behavior or their ability to purchase, but by increased awareness and how we work with nonprofits as a side sidebar, that that's ultimately part of our mission as well. Okay, great. I love that you just said that because I feel like that leads us into the problem that you want us to think through. And listen, you know, we can't solve every problem. I don't know everything in the world, but usually these conversations will lead to some really good thoughts and ideas around how to break through. So what is the problem that you would like solved today on the IFW show, Tania? Thank you, Let's hear it. (laughs) Of course. So the goal of today's call is to see how and kind of ideate in a way where you exactly hit on it at the beginning of the call. It's a very technical field and niche in which we operate in, right? These are horticulturalists and we sell to commercial farms as well as resellers of hydroponic systems or indoor gardens for consumers. So you may be familiar with like Lettuce Grow or the Arrow Garden from Scott's Miracle Grows brand. They're also very attuned to what we do. But if we truly want to succeed in amplifying our mission, which is enabling more people to support growers that grow in this way and reduce the usage of chemical fertilizers, then they need to be aware of renewable and our impact on the growers as well as you know some of our nonprofit partners that actually teach kids in schools how to become indoor growers, such as New York Sunworks or Teas for Food Justice here in New York City. So how do we socialize our mission so that those that we sell to ultimately get it? They're the immediate value beneficiaries, but also those that they grow for, so the farms and consumers, they're more supportive of our mission and, and ultimately we're creating an ecosystem amplifying this movement. I love it. This is exciting. I love this problem. Because you're you're a B2B, right? But you also need the C's, the consumers, who are the kids, to get excited about it. Correct. Right? 
Okay, we can do this. So one last question before we dive into some thoughts. How is it, and I seem to remember from your pitch, that you guys are not having a problem with sell-through on the B2B side? Your buyers get it. Is that accurate? Or do you need to come up with marketing for the, the buyers? Good point. You know, our I can speak to our sales mix a bit. So 60% is the, are the consumer indoor garden resellers. So there's a strong pool for what we're doing because there hasn't been a product to date that has been able to make an organic fertilizer for these systems that won't cause a number of growing challenges, whether it's water or mold buildup. So those are very serious challenges. Now, 20% is the commercial farms, and then the remaining 20% are resellers that also sell to those commercial farms. All three of those customer segments have the same pull demand for our products, and so it hasn't been an issue for us to sell because the value proposition is already kind of immediate. They Amazing. They just want something that actually works. Great. That's what I figured. I mean, like the people that you're selling to and that are buying, get it. They want it. You really need to understand how to make this a movement, how to get your your kids, how to get the kids and their parents or their teachers to get it and care, right? Completely. So your target audience for this uh, conversation are Gen Zs. Agree. Okay. Are you on TikTok? <laughs> Good point. That is a goal for us by the end of the summer or midsummer, I should say. <laughs> You're like, no, do it now. Download this with me. No, listen, I I wouldn't know how to tell you to do that, but like the first, I mean, so so as I was preparing for this show and the coaching session, I got to there very very quickly because I was like, "Oh, I looked at your Instagram and everything's beautiful and professional and lovely. Beautiful Instagram, gorgeous colors, love the branding." Okay, here's your tagline. Using organic cycling science to transform unrecoverable vegetative food byproducts into a platform of sustainable tech for indoor growing. I don't know one teenager who's going to know what the ham sandwich that is. Oh, <laughs> ham is not part of this conversation, obviously. But seriously, I mean, so if you are going for, if you need to make a movement and you're not really, you know, marketing necessarily, and I'm doing bunny quotes in, in the air people, if you're not really marketing to sell the product to your customers already, you know, obviously you, it's, it's a delicate balance because you don't want to have social media platforms that are just like full of crazy kid stuff, but you kind of do. And I would pick one social platform for your buyers that, you know, they're going to want to check you out and make sure you're legit. I mean, you're, you've been doing this for 10 years. So like, I kind of feel like that's not really a problem we need to solve. We need to solve the problem of like, kids are using TikTok and a little bit of Instagram and definitely Snapchat. So even for this conversation, I think if you just pick one to focus on and grow, and it should absolutely be TikTok, you have to make it fun. And like, I don't know how to do that. I really don't. Like I am 48 years old. I have absolutely no idea how to use TikTok. I barely know how to make a reel. And I need to, by the way, like I really want to, I want to know. But yeah, like you need to you need to really make it understandable for kids and make it shareable. So, all right, let me ask you a question. This might sound weird, but I kind of want to know. All right, if your brand was a person, who would they be? I'm going to list off some people. And you can just say like yes or no. 
I'm going to give you 10 names. Okay. Let's do word association. Okay. And this is all about like figuring out who your brand is as a person. Got it. Jane Fonda. Yes. Yes. Why? Oh, okay. Unapologetically herself. Okay. Unapologetically. Yes. Great. Shailene Woodley. Yes. For the, you know what? Authentic. Authentic. Okay. So unapologetic. Mm -hmm. Authentic. Mm -hmm. Don Cheadle. By the way, just for context, I Googled the top 10 celebrity climate activists. Interesting. This is what this list is. I would not have suspected he'd be on this list. He's a great actor, nothing against him, but doesn't immediately resonate with me. And I'm a strong Fine. person so about intuition. No. no. Fine. Okay. So we've got Jane Fonda, unapologetic, Shailene Woodley, authentic, Prince Harry. Yes. I would say honesty or honest. Oh, great. Jaden Smith. Yes, creative. Okay. Blackpink. I don't know. I don't know who they are either. Okay. I'm like, oh, geez. I should have, <laughs> whatever. So we're, we're going to go with a no. Yeah. But maybe we want to look into them. Yeah. Okay. Greta Thunberg. Yes, I would also say unapologetic. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio. My favorite. Pick him. Pick him. Yes. Pick him. Just kidding. <laughs> Puts money where his mouth is. Money. Okay. Who have I missed? that are celebs who care about the environment. I was thinking the gentleman, Robert, he's the Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. Really? Okay. Why? He also helps run Footprint Coalition, which is a major VC funding a lot of the climate tech movement. Okay. But why him as a personality or as a person? Because we're creating this, this persona. Like what's great about him? I would say, you know, he... Like bad boy turn good. Yeah, we could say that in the sense of like socializing the climate movement. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out the right word for that. Yeah, I think you just did. Yeah. He's a megaphone. He's a great, he has a huge megaphone. Yep. And when you close your eyes and you envision this person, right? This Gen Z person who is like your superhero, your megaphone. Doesn't matter what gender they are. Doesn't matter what race they are. Doesn't matter... When you think about it, you're trying to attract these kids that are in urban schools to understand and care about what they're eating, correct? Yes, but I'm going to take it a little step further. Not only the kids, but also their parents, which is going to actually purchase and support the farms using renewable and part of this movement. So it's a little bit uh, broader of an age range. Okay, so but now I feel like we went from kids in urban schools to sort of more bougie parents. Is that accurate? (laughs) Well, I think just not to conflate things, I think I I don't want to mislead in that it's not the kids that represent the profile of who I I had this impact with and was part of the founding story, but rather just it's the households, it's their parents, as well as the kids to make this movement a more social movement. Got it. Okay. All right. There you go. It's insane how TikTok has captured the hearts and minds of everybody from Gen Z's to millennials to boomers to, well, not boomers, I don't know how to use it, but Gen Xers. I don't even think most of us know how to use it. I'm a Gen Xer. Okay. I think I, I think I understand. Okay. So what about, let me give you another person. I don't know if he gives a shit about the climate, but what about Justin Bieber? I think he doesn't give a shit about the climate. I've never heard him say anything (laughs) about the climate. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay, great. All right. So 
you are going to be TikToking, my friend. And it needs to be like, I love the words unapologetic. Mm. The word authentic, my daughter has told me that people, the people that are her age don't like that. It's real. Interesting. It's you, real. Okay. Just a hot tip from a 48 year old lady okay. to a much younger lady. But yeah, I have a 15 year old daughter. She's like, it's real. It's not authentic. So unapologetic, real, honest, creative, and money. Mm. I think we're getting somewhere. Mm -hmm. I think we're getting somewhere just on this like idea of the type of kid parent that you are trying to reach. Someone who is maybe not affluent, but strives to be affluent. Maybe not super woke on all the climate issues and all the social issues that we would want them to be, but they kind of want to get there on something. I feel like, do you think the climate has been a little less politicized, you know, in general over time from like when Al Gore started it or to started the movement to now it seems, and again, like, I don't know, but it seems like it's become less politicized and a little bit more cool and trendy to be like organic people and like composting people, yeah. like a little more bougie and less about like what party you're on. Yeah. I, and I think so for reasons that there's, there's a, just a lot more grassroots stuff happening to embed a lot of that education in the classrooms, in activities that are completely outside the classroom. So I would say for those reasons, yes. Okay, great. Okay. Who's on your team that can make content? So we we told we have like a hired outside agency that can that can handle that. I think the biggest thing that through this discussion is coming up for me is our website as well as you know our current brand and social media channels more technical because people that understand and work with the products that we sell to are also more technical. We have to say certain words to help them understand that we know what the hell we're doing and we're what we're speaking about. But you're right in the sense that. We do need to be on TikTok at a minimum. It seems like we need to have a whole different set of different social media channels and website to communicate the movement itself. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. I mean, this is going to be a very easy. I mean, not, well, doing that is not easy, mm. but you getting to there in 20 minutes is that's it's spot on. And it's hard. Listen, to be fair, you are there with your customers. I mean, when I saw you present at the iPhone Women Entrepreneur of the Year, I was blown away just because like you're there. You've sold, you know, I don't know. How much have you sold? Yeah, I, I mean, like this year will be- There, there, there. This year will definitely be profitable, but yes, I would say that. That's, and yeah, I just remember thinking, I'm like, this woman has a business that is very investable. You guys are about to become profitable and you had such a brilliant way of getting your raw product and doing the process because you are going to be scooped up and worth billions of dollars, like really quickly. Now, now I have my investor hat on. I'm like, oh, my God, I think I want to invest in this company. Anyhow, I'm growing my portfolio, Tania. As I'm we're really, talking. Been, no, no. Well, as yes, yes, and, but in general, doing a lot more angel investing, but this is not about me. Okay, so- you have done everything right, which is you have built your marketing channels, your socials and your website for your paying customers. And you now have a profitable, growing, scalable business that is worth a lot already. Give you another couple of years, it's going to be worth a ton. So brava, sister. Like seriously, that is, you really have to like celebrate that. And I know it can probably feel frustrating because people 
you know, don't know what you do and you have to market and you've only got like a thousand or 2000 Instagram followers and you're like, where, how do we do this? And I will tell you, social media marketing is so hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard for even the youngsters. Well, it's not hard for the youngsters. They don't think about it as marketing. The youngsters. Oh my God. I sound like an old white man. Like this is really a disaster. <laughs> That's okay. The I'm, youngsters. I'm following you. I'm 38, so I'm I'm right with you. I appreciate you. I got 10 years on you, but fine. At least you're not like 12. No. The youngsters. What do we call them? The the Z's. Yeah. So the Z's use these platforms to communicate. And they're their dancing is communication. Their, you know, lip syncing is communication. And it's just more fun for them. And so when you think about creating content, it's very hard to create content that is really great on TikTok if you're not of a certain age. So as you're working with your agency, you really should have kind of like a come to Jesus conversation with them because they're if they're in our age group, and it's a you know an agency of people that are older. They need to tell you how they're going to get this content because what they're going to want to do is find the influencers on TikTok who are talking about the environment. That would be the first thing I would do. And by the way, I wouldn't even pay an agency to do that. It's depending on your budget. I mean, if you if you're fully funded and you've got plenty of money to to spend, then definitely outsource it to your agency and have them do it. But if you are trying to be a little more lean, I don't I don't know if you are or you're not. There's plenty of places to find younger people who care about the environment, who are on TikTok, who can make TikTok content and who can also reach out to these influencers. So, but yeah, I would just literally, if it were me and I was doing your business, I would be trolling the TikTok and following everybody who is doing anything around the environment or climate or growing or farming or sustainable or whatever. You may be surprised. You may find moms and dads that are doing that, right? And they may be blowing up on TikTok. So I just don't know, but I would be absolutely doing a ton of research, you know, getting involved with their content. So liking their content, commenting on it, not trying to sell them on anything, right? But do it through your brand. So when you go to TikTok and you claim your handle, hopefully you can claim your, I'm assuming you can claim your renewable handle. You're not going into TikTok as Tania, you're going in as renewable and you're liking and sharing and commenting. And I would just start getting that sort of relationship, quote unquote, built with these people who are doing cool content that is unapologetic, authentic, sorry, real, honest, creative, et cetera. And like, feels like a little money, feels like some money, Mm -hmm. you know, like feels fun Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and see what they're doing, follow them, engage with them. And you may even find that you can hire these people to make you content. Oh, interesting. You are going to find that. That's how they make money. You you agree that this wouldn't be something that you would invest to have the same infrastructure as your current you know brand with your customers, but rather something that ideally is just, it's part of a system that just is maintained, but perhaps not the same budget as your core social media that's focused on your customers. I don't know if I agree with that. Mm. It depends. So do you have an agency where it's just working on your social media, just doing your content and graphics? I mean, it's all gorgeous. Oh, it looks thanks. very professional. So I'm just wondering who's doing that. 
Yeah. So currently it's been in-house. We're enlisting with the Visionary Rising, who's basically taking over our social media starting next month, actually, because we're preparing for a big press campaign end of March, early April. Okay. You're preparing for a press campaign. Who is that targeted to? Good point. So I'll speak on it high level, but it's targeted. It's a bit two pronged. One is directly to our customers because we have customer success stories that we're releasing and second, a a, uh, product related announcement. And then third is, I mean, the second prong is the larger kind of national media because we're actually raising awareness of a vertical farm that we've partnered with in Glens Falls, New York to prove a very less capital intensive vertical farm and method that will hopefully create more equality for this type of growing, but in more rural settings, whereas in the past, it's been primarily in urban. Got it. That's a cool story. So that's, you know, business and mainstream like adult press, right? But that's cool. Like when you just explained to me the success story, there's so much content. There's so much fun content that you could create. I mean, it doesn't have to be silly. It could be informative and educational Mm -hmm. just to like some cool music or like whatever trending sounds are on TikTok. It's all about these like trending things. And so I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive, to be quite honest with you. Obviously, if you're hiring an agency or, you know, a PR firm to do press, they need to target the outlets. And that messaging needs to be targeted, whether it's, you know, the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or whatever it is, you know, USA Today or mainstream press that needs to be targeted to adults, right? But in terms of your social channels, I don't think, again, that your quote unquote fun content, let's call it the fun content, edutainment. Edutainment, oh, I like word. that, yeah. Okay, so you're going to start doing edutainment okay. for all the people that care about being more conscious about what they put in their bodies and how their food is grown. Exactly. So I didn't hear funny in here. That's okay. That's cool. But uh, you're completely. Do you want to be funny? Absolutely. Like, I think I'm personally funny. If you get me on the right time and on the right day <laughs> and maybe with the right drink. Or something. Yes. But yeah, I, yeah, that's that's me. So I definitely try to instill that when I can. Oh, I mean, thank you, Lord. Right. Good. Okay. So this is this is it. I mean, basically... You don't have to make two sets of content mm. for two sets of people. Okay. Because, by the way, there are people of all ages on TikTok. I mean, for real. There are plenty of parents on TikTok, especially millennial parents. And so if you're trying to reach this audience of millennial parents and their kids who, with funny, real, creative content that you're going to create or that your agency is going to create, it it shouldn't be mutually exclusive. Like... And it can still be on brand. So if you start to use Instagram or TikTok, well, TikTok is all the reels, basically. It's all the fun, the edutainment, the fun stuff. It's just a scroll of that. And you need to break through the noise there. On Instagram, it's a little bit, I find Instagram to be hard now because reels are the only thing that that damn algorithm is showing. Mm. They're like hardly showing your feed posts. Like your, your feed posts, they're like, we don't care. We've seen a quote graphic every day for the last 10 years. This is, I'm Instagram and I'm talking to you, Tania. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. I'm, I'm eating it up. All the insights, I'm taking it. Great, great. So yeah, the Instagram algorithm does not like, they love the reels. Okay. That's what they're showing. And I'll tell you, 
it's frustrating because I love Instagram. That's like the only thing I'll really use personally. It's how I keep in touch with my friends. It's how I communicate with my like personal community of followers who are, have been with me for so long. And, you know, there's like 7,000 of them. And I like know, a lot. I know a lot of them. I know most of them. I really like know as in quote unquote, like from the internet. Okay. And so I felt like I knew how to talk to my audience until they put these damn reels up. And now all they're showing is reels. And I'm like, how do I make these stupid things? And the good thing about the reels is they can live off of your main feed. So your main feed can be beautiful and, you know, great for your customers. And you can put out reels that will actually get views. It's so crazy to me. I put out like my reels stink. They're not great at all. I'm just going to be, I think, I mean, I'm like, oh, I did it. So I feel good about it, but really they're not great. Some of them have 7,000 views and have been shared hundreds of times. I'm like, why do people like this stuff? Like there's no, to my brain, there's like no rhyme or reason, but people want to be entertained. TikTok has trained people to only want edutainment or entertainment. All the other social platforms have become so polarizing and not fun. They've become unfun for people. So Instagram launched Reels to compete with TikToks and they're only showing Reels. But the good thing about Instagram's Reels is you can put them in their own little section. So once you post them, you'll want to keep them up on your feed so it can get some traction. But then you can like a day later, remove it from your feed and just have it in its own little area, like where your videos are in another section. Also, stories are the other things that are getting seen. So if you and stories are great, they only last for 24 hours. So if you're feeling fun and goofy or you're on site at a place where there's a at a grower, you should have your growers take over your IG for the day, too. That's like another thing. So you've got to get like really creative, have your growers do TikToks. Totally agree. And then that's what kind of begs another question, which would be, you know, this is a whole other bandwidth of the team's time, energy and commitment. And so I'm thinking like, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we have a set of announcements that's coming up end of March, April, something to this would be a launch of itself. I think that perhaps maybe end of year would be better time for us or after Q. Yeah, end of year. Wait, so what's going to be a launch? Your edutainment? Well, not only a separate website to support the cause and basically a main area to educate around this movement, but also the website that will be supported by TikTok channel and any other social media channel focused on the edutainment related to renewables movement, socializing this movement. Tania, you should not get a separate website for the youngsters or for the hip people or for the consumers. Okay. Period. You can have a separate section, a landing page. So let's just say you're doing an ad on Instagram. You're boosting a post or you're doing an ad on TikTok or Snapchat. Do not forget about Snapchat. Snapchat. I can't even tell you how to use it, but that's important too. And you can drive traffic to your website, a specific landing page that's tailored to that audience. I see. And that has content around that audience. So a blog. Mm-hmm. So you're you could I don't know if you have a blog on your website now and if it is if it's super sciency, maybe you want to have like a more consumer facing blog that's more fun and in layman's terms, but it's just getting another page okay. on your site. Do not start a separate site. No. Okay. Bad idea. The Google will hate you. 
you will hate you, your team will hate you, everything will be over. Mm. I'm just kidding. But like, don't do that. (laughs) All you need to do is just hire a kid. I'm not even kidding. Hire a college person who is big on TikTok, who knows how to do reels. There are so many. You're in New York, right? Yeah. I mean, NYU. Hello. And I mean, there's so many NYU kids that are like, you know, can make this content for you in a second. Yeah. And it will be like very inexpensive to do it. So do not put this off till the end of the year. You want to outsource it. You want to brain dump, you know, who the person is, the persona of the person you're trying to reach. Do a little due diligence on your own. Go on TikTok and just search and find people that are doing things that light you up, that that are, you know, in sustainability, in growing, in agriculture, in, you know, organic farming and all these spaces and places where you want your messaging to be. Just go find those people. It's actually easy to do that if you just take a couple hours and do some sleuthing. You'll probably get so sucked in. So just do it on a weekend when you're like, okay, I can't be like doing this as the CEO of this company for my nine to five because it's not really NYFJ, not your funding job to do that. But don't wait because the conversation has to start now. Like Earth Day is coming up. True that. Like, yeah, exactly. And this is like, it's not a no brainer and it's not easy. It is not because if it is, every every brand would be awesome on TikTok and on Reels. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you right now that like the brand of Karen Khan, like Shaquilla and Mika and the marketing team at iPhone Women like has it dialed in, but they're also just getting started. We just started TikTok this year okay. for iPhone Women. It makes you feel any better. And by the way, our target demo is they are older Zs, younger Mills. So you know we it's basically twenty four to forty four is our like core demographic. And they are all on TikTok and we're definitely late to the party. But I have a team of people that actually know what they're doing because they're like 25. You have to be a native user of the platform in order to do it well. Mm. So my advice to you, which is like, it's so fascinating how you are. Tania is a brilliant, brilliant scientist and a brilliant, brilliant woman who like her brain Every time I speak to her, I'm like, oh, my God, you know so many things about this thing. But I guess that's how people think about me, about startup stuff. So fine, whatever. But anyway, I think you're so brilliant. And apparently now you're funny, which is great. But it's just so funny to me that we're we're talking about a B2B company that is very, very science-focused, climate-focused, agro-focused. So what is so fascinating about this conversation is that Your business, if I could think of businesses that are so far, like, not where I would think about putting on TikTok or on Reels, like, your business would be one of them. However, understanding that you need to create a consumer movement. You need consumers to understand why this matters. So you have to break through the noise. You now are, like, pulled into this TikTok, Instagram, Reel game, Snapchat game, and you need to find players that can win at that game. And they are young people. They are people that are on those platforms. So you got to start trolling around those platforms and find the people or have your agency do it. If you love comedy, I bet you're going to love doing it. I have a feeling you're going to create some cool stuff. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you on that. All right. So how do you feel after this kind of wacky coaching call with a lady in a vegan J-Lo? I don't even know if I can call this fur. It's like a, it's a fuzzy... Crazy ass jacket and sunglasses. 
How does this feel? It feels good. <laughs> I'm going to take your word on it that it is vegan, in fact, but yes, it feels good. Nonetheless, the call was amazing. I mean, it did. I did always have like the the thought that we need to start there from square one in terms of using TikTok. I think what I found most helpful is really thinking through. Okay, where where what needs to be defined before we even start creating anything? Which you went through the persona and those one word associations. I really resonate with. And then the timing of which usually I think because perhaps my background I'm a bit more precise and perhaps a little bit too perfectionist on timing. So just getting started. And then the third thing is, you know, just starting with those that already know the tools. And we have some really great influencers in the industry that are already consumer facing. So I should just like reach back, back out to them because they're easy easy people we know and um, see if they'd be inclined to, to help us with our, our efforts. That's amazing. That's exactly right. Way to sum it up. I mean, really, that's what I'm saying about the brain. Your brain is like a very fast process. Yes, it like is. Like a computer. <laughs> it is. It is. I, you just like bullet pointed it out, the entire ramble that I just gave you in precise, like it was 10 words with three bullet points. It was impressive. But yeah, just start. That's the key thing. If you can take away a couple things from this, you just said it, but don't overthink it. Perfect is the enemy of done, truly. And just start, find the people and, you know, with your influencers you already have, before you make the ask, you're going to want to do a little sleuthing and see if they actually are big on TikTok. Because it does take time to build these relationships and make sure you approve the content. You're going to want to pay them, of course, and collaborate with them. And also like, you're beautiful and funny. Like you may want to be in them. You know, you never know. Maybe you don't want to be face forward. Maybe you do. But like, if you do, that adds another layer to it, which isn't a big deal. Like I see you getting like, oh no, I have oh, so many things to do. But there are ways that they can, you know, somebody professional can be like, okay, Tania, I need a video of you doing this hand motion, this spin and pointing all around and just do it real quick on your phone and send it to me. And then they'll make a TikTok out of it. That'll be like all this cool stuff. That's pretty much what I know about TikTok and Reels. But just start. Do not wait till the end of the year. That's We just started this year. We're in like February. Yeah. True that. Yeah. True that. Okay. Tania, thank you for coming on the show. I'm so excited to see you and to have you. And I can't wait to see your first reel or TikTok. What do you think? Or Snapchat. What do you think you're going to do first? What's your gut? You know what? It, I think it was always easy is the food waste. Just that is so mainstream. I know not, most people don't want to use the word waste, but I think starting there with some content and perhaps some jokes around it, I, I could at least be involved in that. I could think of some things there. I love that for you. <laughs> food waste jokes. Are they the moral equivalent of like a poop joke? Like potty humor? I mean, you know, it it depends. I, I'm not sure exactly what. I don't want to like be flippant, but I that's where I would oh, start. Oh, be flippant. Why? <laughs> I just, you know, like there's there's things around dumpster diving that I'm sure we could we could touch on there. <laughs> yes, amazing. I love that. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. There you go. You're funny. <laughs> hey, here till Tuesday. Try the veal. Don't forget to tip your waiters and waitresses. <laughs> All right, everybody. On WRKO Radio. We're signing off from the iPhone Women Show. We are here with the mad scientist. Tania Pina from Renewal. <laughs> She's like, I'm not a mad scientist, you weirdo. 
But we're, I don't know, we're making it fun and funny. We're making it fun, funny, unapologetic, real, honest, and creative on the socials. So, Tania, good luck making that happen. You're going to do it. Just start. And thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. We'll see you soon. Me. 